Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to give terrible advice. Welcome to an episode of Don't Blame Me. This is a call-in advice show where y'all call in and give advice. And you're probably wondering, what makes us so qualified to give this advice? You did say they're calling in and giving advice. Yeah. <laughs> um, what makes us so qualified? I have to say it's your beautiful accent. Thank you. <laughs> I don't like this. Why don't you like it? Because it's creepy. And you told me I'm not allowed to do mine because it's bad. Yeah, because I am from the South. I just want to, you're like from the South with a deviated septum <laughs> and like, like valley girl voice. Like there's, there's layers to this, this character. Oh, I know. It's this an- is, I mean, I'm exactly doing what you're saying because what I'm doing is I'm a, emulating the beverly hillbillies and they were southern um, and moved to beverly hills is the place you gotta be especially if you got deviated septum they'll so, fix that real fucking quick uh, yeah they struck oil you do you know about beverly hillbillies 
the Beverly Hills. Is that different than the Beverly Hills troop? Um, with Very that different. lady with the I think I saw that one one time. Not in, not the same at all. Not the same. No, Beverly Hillbillies was a sitcom. Came on. They then remade it into a movie like later, like a okay. reboot. But it was a sitcom that came on like the seventies, sixties maybe about a family hillbillies uh-huh. from the deep south that struck oil on their land. And then okay. they moved to Beverly Hills, that is. Mm-hmm. The Beverly Hillbillies. That was part of the theme song. <laughs> did they like, was it filmed in LA? Yeah. So did they like do LA things or like they were yeah. just like this? Where it was about hillbillies who so- suddenly came into a lot of money. Yeah. And so it was about them like trying to assimilate to beverly hills see i would like that now like i don't want to see what like i don't care what you were doing in la back in the day but like i want to see you take your friends on the pch and go Cher lives there Mm -hmm. maybe we're pretty sure everybody says she does no i know for a fact she did because she was friends with those people that i did oh great so then we can now confidently say Cher lives there she put that house for sale so Cher doesn't live there anymore but Cher, she lives there but like for a few more into the house sales. Okay, so if you're going now, and then you can also do, you should have seen what the Century City Mall looks like before the renovation. Mm-hmm. And here is the Beverly Center, which has the longest renovation in the entire world. And then we'll go here, and here's the gas station that is so stupidly <laughs> expensive. Nobody <laughs> goes I here, and there's a bit. With people on the internet. Yes. About. Here's Pink's Hot Dogs, which for some reason has a line down the street and nobody I've ever met has ever eaten there and it's actually horrible. I've eaten there and it was disgusting. It's awful. Here's Pink Taco. The same way. The hot dog kind of like it's meaty in a way that it shouldn't be meaty. Gamey. It's a gamey hot dog. It's not even gamey. It's like kind of it was like the hot dogs are overcooked. Oh no. There's a bite. So there's just like oh they're flapping in the uh-uh. wind. And so when uh-uh. you bite into it, it just kind of folds over itself. No, you need to use your canines to tear it off. That's, <laughs> I can't stand that. I can't stand that. Like, that's what I want. Like, I want, like, the real fake LA. Like, yeah. that kind of thing where it's just like, oh, this is how this goes. Like, mm-hmm. how do I figure this place out? This is so, this is great. You go to the Trader Joe's and you have to get, like, a you've parking validated. And then they're like, sorry, you didn't get validated. You can't leave your car here. And then it's like, actually, it's $100 mm-hmm. for you to leave this parking lot. Like, just, like, the quirky things about living in a small town. I had an epiphany yesterday. Okay. And it was, and I blame TikTok for this. I, I for live to blame reason, TikTok for everything. I'm on Trader Do- Joe TikTok. Jo- huh? Trader Joe's TikTok. No, I like, I like, I like an I individual like Joe. No, no, I don't, I think we should keep with Trader Joe. I was on the Trader Joe's I was on Joe's TikTok. What I was trying to do was try to make it not seem like I was on actual Trader Joe's TikTok. Oh, oh, But I'm on TikTok. The side, the ticker, the the ticker. Yeah. See, Trader Joe's side of TikTok. Yeah. And I just keep getting shown all these delectable things. And I was like, is it time for my return? I saw someone famous at Trader Joe's the other day, but I don't remember who it was. Surprise, surprise. You forgetting something. What? I've never gotten anything before. Half the time I'm like, do I know you or are you famous? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or do I know you because we used to take Pilates together? Or do I think I know you because I saw you five seconds ago and now my brain is like, you look familiar. I'm like, yeah, because you just saw them. I was out with one of my famous friends and somebody was like, we went to high school together. And they were like, no. And they were like, I think we did. Didn't you go to? Nope, I'm not from there. And I was like, 
You gonna tell them? <laughs> they didn't. No, I. Uh, and I in another place, they said you look like this character, and they're like, huh. Yeah, I get that all the time. And it was them. Hey, you got to make life. You got to keep life fun. Keep them on their toes. I love that. Yeah. That's really funny. Anyways, welcome to Don't Blame Me. Like Melissa said, Burn Advice podcast. And that wasn't me. Prove it. I can't. There's actually like no recorded evidence. It's like not on audio. And it's also not on the video on Patreon, which you should go join. That's the only way you can really prove it. Is yeah. Looking at the video. FBI? Otherwise, Otherwise, you can't video audio anybody. I was actually this whole podcast has been too deep. Has been deep fakes the whole time. Deep fakes, deep fake audio. <laughs> it's just people doing impressions the whole time. People doing impressions. That's actually a funny bit. That is. Anyways, welcome. <laughs> we're gonna give you some wonderful advice, um, because we're the best, and we can't that's... do anything but. Literally, we just can't be anything other than like the best, amazing, great, like gorgeous, stunning, intelligent, sexy, exuberant, lickable. Are you about to come in here with a weird ass fucking sound effect? No, I was changing it so I didn't accidentally play the sound effect. Okay, because have we been keeping those in the episode? No, I've been forgetting to actually send them to Coco. So then she doesn't put them in because I don't send them. Okay, we'll just know that like. The last like three times we've recorded, Melissa like has that randomly happened. accidentally yeah. played a weird ass sound effect. I forget that those happened, and then so I haven't been sending them to her. Yeah, yeah. So there. it's okay. Well, now you know inside the podcast studio. So if you want to call in for an upcoming episode, because this is voicemails, voice voicemails, voice mos, you send them to us, meganpodcast at gmail dot com, or you leave us a voicemail at three one zero six nine four zero nine seven six. Voice memos are like, you know, for the international. Mm-hmm. But if you can send one if you're not international, but like, why? I prefer you not to. No, just send the call. I mean, it's like a catch-22, if you will. Because if you do the call, then we can transcribe it faster. Mm-hmm. But if you do the voice memo, the quality's better. Unless Pick you your poison. gamer headsets, then audio's great. And you'll hear an example of that in just a few minutes. Yeah. For the calls, you need to keep it under three minutes. We say that you should practice. Time it out. Write down everything that you want to say. Read it. Time yourself. Make sure it's under three minutes that you have all the relevant information. It's all anonymous. Include your ages, multiple people in there, pseudonyms. It's all anonymous. But how long have you been dating? How If it's about living together, how long have you lived together? How old are you? Like, all the information is very important. It is like so fucking important. And if you are international and like your age is related to something, like you're like, oh, I'm this age and like we're doing body shots. Like my advice is going to be pretty different if mm-hmm. you're in a country where that's legal or illegal. Right. Like we want to give you the most applicable advice to your situation, but mm-hmm. we need to know what your situation is before we can give you the best advice. Exactly. So, yeah. And if you want to watch the video version, we're on Patreon so you can see our wonderful faces and facial expressions. And we have an update. Mm -hmm. So you will hear what episode this is from and what what the new news is. Roll the tape. So I am providing an update for the going from platonic friends to casual dating. I think it was the title of it. I wrote my notes. I should have checked my notes. But yeah, so my 
original call was, oh, I'm a 29-year-old non-binary Pisces, and I have been platonic friends with this guy who I met through our local theater community for a couple of years, and we just recently started casually dating. I think I described myself in the original call as a serial monogamist, and mm-hmm. maybe that is kind of a misnomer because it's not like I've gone from, like, monogamous relationship to monogamous relationship one after another I've just been in one monogamous relationship for a really (laughs) like for the past several years so going from that to anything else is kind of a huge difference so when I called in I asked for some some advice or some guidance on like how to deal with this feeling of like this person that I that I love in like a friendship way to um, now we're navigating kind of a new relationship and so like how do I deal with that. <laughs> Y'all's advice was not, I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting, this is a bad idea. Don't do it. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but, but not sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, no, do not, do not be sorry. Because I, I mean, that was like what I needed to hear was not just what I like wanted to hear, like blind validation, right? Like I needed to hear that this is maybe not a good idea and you should be really, really serious and really cautious about like what what your expectations are, what you're feeling. And so I really did take it to heart. And I actually, so I called in about a month before the episode with my call actually aired. And I was outside of the restaurant right before our third date. And so I've, I've mm-hmm. obviously been on that <laughs> date already. And um, it went well. Thanks. Thanks for asking. Um, and we've, <laughs> so, um, so me and this guy have been, been dating regularly like for I guess since then, since like, I don't know when, when this will air, but it's been, it's been almost a couple of months at this point and it's been going well. We've been like talking a lot. Like there's a lot of check-ins about, Hey, so I have serious feelings for you, but I still don't want to like be your boyfriend. And that has come from the both of us. Like that's a very mutual feeling. Like I think when I say that we're casually dating, I do mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's even the right thing to call it, but like we're yeah we're not trying to put a label on it or anything but we have like gone to a friend's wedding after party together as each other's dates like we went on a few kind of private quiet dates at first and then we went on some group outings and so our friends know that we're seeing each other but our friends also know that I at least am seeing other people I'm like dating other people from dating apps like I'm not dating any other friends so yeah I guess that's that's kind of where we're at now but if you guys had any <laughs> questions or yeah I do I have so many questions is he dating other people he's not dating other people but not necessarily because he like doesn't want to just because he's busy because of his his job and his lifestyle in general he's like a busy guy so that's kind of one of the reasons that he doesn't want to commit to being my boyfriend is because he feels that he doesn't like have the time to commit to that kind of relationship there have been other like I don't want to spill someone else's beans but there have been other relationship things that have happened that have he's put up certain boundaries for this relationship for our relationship and I I just want to respect that as much as I can Mm -hmm. so but no he's he's not dating other people but I am wow this so do you have time like that's the part that I'm like so you have time to like do do the both things like would you consider him like um I don't know if you're using the term like primary partner like if you would do you value like making time like if you're planning a date let's say you're seeing like four people like 
is it first come first serve? Like we made a, a thing first, but if like this person needed, <laughs> like, you know, if he was like, Hey, I like need you to come do this thing. Like, would you drop someone else? Like not like permanently, but like cancel plans to do pick up plans with him or like, where does he fall in like your ranking? Like, is he number one on the bench lineup or number two? <laughs> That's a really funny way to put that really great question. <laughs> um, so I would consider him like, yes, like he gets he gets first dibs. This is the more serious like connection, I guess, that I, of of the other stuff I have going on. This is a serious connection that I don't really have with anyone else at this time. I have sort of in the recent past had like more than one serious connection going on. And at that point, it is just kind of a case by case basis of like, okay, if if both of these people ask me on a date at this, like on the same day, at that point, it's like, which which of these events is like the more the more hefty thing? Like, that's the one I'm going to go with. Yeah, who has better plans? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, who has better plans? Or yeah, like, like, what's more fun? Right. Am I going to like someone's baby shower? Or am I just like going to Quiznos? You know, like, that's kind of where like where the hierarchy goes. I'd pick Quiznos. I don't even know if I want to, I like, I don't want to say primary partnership because again, I'm like trying to respect his boundaries. Yeah. But for me, just only speaking of my feelings, yes, this is like the, the what did you say? The number one on the, on the lineup? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Number one. Num- he's number one on the roster. First yeah. on the call sheet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you put him in. I don't want this to come. <laughs> exactly. I don't want this to come across like disrespectful or like anti non-monogamy at all. Like I'm very, I- I'm not, not personally for me, ADHD. I can't focus on that many things. Can't have that many plates spinning. Fair. But like for you, like now that you have like gotten out of like a very long-term relationship and like there is something really comforting about dating someone, whether casually or seriously, that you have a friendship with, like even though it's not like a seven year long relationship, like there is a little bit more history there to that. Do you, so like, I'm saying like, you know, kind of has, he kind of has a leg up on other people that you're probably seeing, but if he was interested and like, he hadn't set up the boundaries of like, you know, that he doesn't want, doesn't have the time to commit to a relationship at this moment. Do you feel like you would want to get back into another like similar long-term relationship that you had before, which then could potentially make you a serial monogamist? Right. Like, would you <laughs> want to get back in to something like that with him? Like, do you feel, I don't want to say they got out of your system, but do you feel like this is a new chapter? Did you feel like this is like a new book of life? Like, or do you feel like this is like a chapter that will have an end date for you? And like, you'll want to get back into a relation, like a more serious relationship or a more a monogamous relationship with one person. And do you feel, cause like, I think about this all the time where it's, it's so much less about the people and it's about like, what, what you're ready for. Like, I think that with people like who get married and who get engaged, I'm like, yes, it's about having the right person, but it's so much more about like where you're at. So like eliminating him from the situation and like, I'm not saying eliminating his boundaries, but like eliminating like those conversations. Do you feel like this is like continuing on on this path for you? Like this journey's not done? Or do you feel like, oh, okay, I've done this. And now I kind of want, I've seen this other side. And like, do you see yourself getting into a similar, I don't know how the relationship, what the old relationship was, but do you see yourself getting into like a similarly long relationship now? So that's something that I'm open to discussing. If that was something that this, this person brought to me, like, hey, I, I do want to get more serious and I do want to like put a label on this, be Facebook official, like meet your parents, blah, blah, blah. 
I would be so open to considering that and to having that conversation. Is that something I'm like looking for right now? Not necessarily, but that's also not something I'm opposed to. Right now, I, I am kind of just having a good time, like seeing what, not to be so woo-woo about it, but like what comes to me. Like I'm just kind of being as open-minded as I can while also being honest with myself as and saying like, I do check in with myself a lot and I'm like, okay, am I having a good time? Like, am I actually doing this because I like want to be dating other people? Is this like a, I don't know, escape mechanism or a self-harm thing? And so I, I not to brag, but I am in therapy and no, I feel like I'm brag, doing a really good job brag. of, of checking all in. Like, about it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, therapy. But yeah, that's, that's, I'm open to that. Like I'm open to crossing that bridge if, if we yeah. come to it. I personally think that this is a great way to go about dating after you've been in a long-term relationship for that long you're getting back on the saddle you're dating a friend that you like and then you got your other playthings that are you know bench warmers i think this is great I think it's a good rotation to have. And especially like, right you know, now. yeah, doing all the check-ins and stuff. Like, I think yeah. like, I'm not gonna lie to you. I still stand by what I said the first time. Like, this could go abysmally it wrong. Could, but but I think you, you have, know that. At least you have, you know, it could go wrong. You're in therapy and you've got the rest of the bit. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. you've padded your situation quite well yeah. that like, you know, as long as like you are aware that like, hey, this could absolutely blow up my face. Like I do shit like that all the time that this could blow up in my face, but like but I'm consenting it, to it potentially blowing up my face. And, and that's it fine. To be the greatest. Exactly. Thing and like, like that's, that's a risk worth taking. And, that's, and I feel like like people like that's part of dating is taking risks. Oh, without it's, a doubt. And being with somebody that's your friend that also has their own boundaries that you're that are very clear that you both understand and are welcoming of and respectful of i think this is a great setup yeah now knowing also that you're not actually a serial monogamous you're just in one long monogamous mm -hmm. relationship that it, it does, does change, change things too yeah. <laughs> because like serial monogamous like... yeah i'm not no i'm not a i'm not a serial monogamous i'm just an idiot and don't know like the no, correct vocabulary you're talking to someone who like doesn't know any fucking words i just spent like last half of like the podcast we recorded before this just being like i don't think i know how to read like i understand so like like yeah i think that like you're able a serial monogamous, there's a way different mindset and like a different like comfortability pattern. Mm -hmm. So like, it makes sense to me that you're kind of like scratching the itch of like what a long-term relationship is. And that's hooking up with and dating yeah. a friend. But then you're also like dating other people, dating other people. like seeing what you like. Yeah, you're you not slipping like. back into something that's exactly like you did before, just like without the label. And mm -hmm. like, you're not hoping that that label is going to like suddenly appear there. Like, you know, you're doing the inventory, you're doing all the work. So yeah. I think you're doing a good, I think this is great word yeah there's no there's no ulterior motives i'm not like hoping this will go one way or another and i don't think the other guy is either so yeah yeah this is great it. then i think that's great then i'm i'm all on board with this we love the clarity we love you know yeah elevation therapize well mm -hmm. i'll i'll continue to keep y'all posted please if the, do if this blows up or if it if we get married you know yeah. i'll let you know <laughs> but we love it we like we yeah we, we we're about it decide you just want to be friends yeah couldn't yeah. be me because i'm I'm so petty, but like I can be me. I'm 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 envious of people like like both like being able to do that. Mm -hmm. I've never been the bigger person in my life. Never. I'm just tall. That's it. 
Yeah. I will say also, I told him that I called an advice podcast <laughs> and he thought that was really funny. And we like talked about it. He was like, what did you say? <laughs> See, the, the fact that y'all even talked about it. Yeah. Like, really good. Yeah. If you can talk about it and be like, I literally call this podcast and these people were like, yeah, it's a really bad idea. And then you can both laugh about it and continue your day and then like fuck later. Like then I'm just like, mm-hmm. what we ever we said, like fucking ignore us. Like you're doing your own thing. Like you're good. Like that Life level of communication. Life experiences. <laughs> Do it chances. for the plot. Yeah. I love it. Y'all are so kind. No, I would never, I would never ignore your advice. You know, I wouldn't have called y'all if Thank I didn't want to actually hear what you had to say. So I'm, I'm honored yeah. that you cared enough to well, want an update. If we do. Calling us kind, one. Yeah, that, don't know the last time that happened. <laughs> and two, thank you for, you know, not taking our advice, but still like coming for the update and then sharing like what you did take from it and you know yeah we're happy for you and i'm i've got my popcorn like i'm ready to get the updates as this happens (laughs) it's no it's no got peed on by the bride Mm. but i'm hey we can't we we can't all get peed on we can't can't all all get peed on christened by the urine (laughs) yeah god golden shower oof disgusting i'm not over it well thank you so much for giving the update and yeah we look forward to hearing more as things come and wishing you lovely wonderful amazing relationships and fun times and just like good wet sex good wet sex awesome thanks y'all appreciate you of course have a good <laughs> one wow look at us we need to close really fast oh we have other podcasts too and you know the outfit changes are on on top of it <laughs> so we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time and I just got my, I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a a secondary of my package and I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function, there it's like elixir from the gods i cannot sing their praises enough specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious like it's it's so good i've even like had it on like ice and been like i'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there and it's it's delicious it's so good and i just i love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like, you know, medically need some electrolytes, but also if you're working out, if you're sweating, hot summer day, you're going to an amusement park, you're on your feet for a long period of time, all of that. Um, most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need. Yeah, I drink mine specifically when I am working out. It's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have 310's four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code BLAMEME right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code BLAMEME. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited for someone who like, you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices 
but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like wait this I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the Ministry of Time by Killian Bradley. And we also received The Return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The Ministry of Time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed it as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work. Which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. Hi. So we're back at it again. And now it's time to get the nitty gritty. You came here for the advice and you're going to get advice. Is it going to be good? Always. Is it going to be chaotic? Maybe. I think it'll be. We're in a mood. Will your therapist approve? I don't know. A lot of therapists do approve of us. Sometimes people like I see people. I think a lot of people online say that they're a therapist and like they're in college, like they're in school and undergrad. And they're like, yeah, like this is like blah, 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 my mindset. I'm like, I don't trust you. I get that. But you're trying to make us look worse. I'm saying. Oh, no, no. I know. That was, <laughs> that was just a sidebar. No, therapists like us, hairstylists like us, mm -hmm. grad students like us. Mm -hmm. Not all of them. I just Doctors know a couple. Like doctor. Us. Doctor. Like us. Who's oh, our second one. doctor? There's the other ones in school. Yeah. Almost. Doctor, doctor likes us uh -huh. soon. 
doctors Mm -hmm. if you don't fucking fail. (laughs) Kidding. (laughs) Or you don't hate us before you finish. (laughs) Dr. Oz is one, so. Oh, well, that's a negative 10,000 points. (laughs) Well, shall we get into the calls? Roll the tips. Hey, Eminem. I'm a 22-year-old woman who goes by see her. Small trigger warning, mention of childhood trauma. I'm calling and needing advice on my dilemma. I've lived in Florida since I was a child, so it's basically all I know. I've lived with my parents since I was young. I wasn't able to afford housing either when I was in college. You know, that being said, my parents are really strict, and when I would go out and party with my friends on the weekends, my mom would text me nonstop telling me to come home. And a sense this has caused me to crave freedom, and I grew up in a Christian household as well, so when I'm having identity issues, it's not something I can speak about. At the time, I had a tiny crush on this girl I met at a bar. I was so close to letting my mom know, but I just never did. I've always wanted to move out for these reasons and some deep-rooted trauma. I feel like since I was young, I've always wanted to move far away, but I never had the chance. I was thinking of moving to L.A., you know, across the country. So dramatic, I guess. And my entire family sticks up their nose, and no one in my life seems to think this is a good idea or I can do it. I weigh out the pros and cons, and I've been thinking about this for years. I know I'm young, so I can make silly mistakes and sometimes can be rash, especially my thinking, and naive, but I feel like my gut is telling me to go. I visited before, but I only stayed for a couple of days due to it being very last minute. The things I have in order, I have about 3K saved right now. I was still saving as well. I was planning on renting an Airbnb before signing a lease so I can make sure this is what I want. When I first got my job, my hiring manager said it's possible for me to also transfer there. Plot twist, I'm supposed to move January of next year. However, I fear if I put it off too long, I'll be stuck and complacent with where I am. Do you have any advice on how much money I should have saved, if I should wait? My mom also said that I should. I wouldn't want to like it there because a lot of the liberal voters are moving out and into Florida. I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> I'm also an Aries, and I love the pod. I've been listening since the very first episode. Bye. Wait, so the last part she was saying her mom said that all the liberals are leaving? They're leaving. That's like... <laughs> I'm moving to Florida. That's like really not true. All the conservatives are closeted conservatives and uh socially liberal fiscally conservative are the ones moving to even states with lower taxes. like there's still plenty of people moving into california i saw somebody break down the video on because there's this guy that like studies trends and stuff like as far as numbers and Mm -hmm. shit like that and migrations and somebody had commented that same thing on his tiktok and then he broke down like how people are actually moving and it's still more people are still coming to california than leaving yeah and also more people like move to california than like almost like any other Mm -hmm. state like it's people flock there not even just for jobs Mm -hmm. like it's also the biggest i think it's the biggest state with the most tourism within america like Americans coming to yeah. California. I say this with love. You need so much more than $3,000 yeah. in savings to move. The Airbnb thing is not a bad idea in concept, but you're going to blow all of your money at an Airbnb to figure out if you want to be here. Like you need to have a friend that you can stay with. A friend to stay with. Um, but if if you've got your job says you can transfer here, then that, you know, that helps take care of it. I will say, like, maybe instead of an Airbnb and if you don't have a friend, I did when I first moved out here, I had stayed with a friend for like three months. Um, But you can also sublet. Yeah, that's that would be like if you don't have a friend, that would be you don't need to Airbnb. You should sublet from somebody. Yeah, you should under no means should you Airbnb Mm -hmm. for like a, a time period to figure out if you like the city, because you have to think about like 
the investment of like, okay, well, I need to figure out if I like it. And it's like, oh, well, are you going to blow all your savings and then be like, okay, I don't like it. Yeah. Or I do like it. Like then what? Like what I did, I don't know if you're, what's up with your job? Like if they have an office or anything here, but what I did is I worked on a few student films before I moved here to see if I liked it and then stayed with my friend. I came here like three or four times. I think like you coming from another beach area, like Florida, I mean, I guess not all of Florida's beach, but like coming from like a state that's coastal to another one, like there are very large differences in specifically like the climate and uh, like the politics and people. Mm -hmm. But I think in general, like I... I've had a newfound renaissance love of LA, like, especially with where I moved. And like, I have figured out that for me, the thing that like, I realized was I only saw LA as work. Like, I never saw kids playing and hanging out. Like, I never saw like, I only saw like the grind. I only saw Mm -hmm. people working seven days a week. Like, it wasn't, I couldn't see it as a home until I moved into a home with other people, like watching them raise their kids. And like, I saw a different side of it. But I will say that like, if your job isn't industry like entertainment industry based in LA I would if I were you I would treat this as a maybe I'll move there for a couple years but to kind of put all of your eggs in one basket of like LA LA's a really fucking expensive Mm -hmm. really hard city to live in that like people who don't need to live in LA and they don't work in the industry you get burnt out because your job and your life would be a lot easier if you worked in the industry or you lived somewhere else, like it just kind of gets in the way Mm -hmm. of everything else. And so like, that's what sends people to leave LA is because they don't actually need to be there. And there's a lot of people who have to be in LA for work. And so the, a lot of the negative side effects of like the immense amount of traffic, like streets being closed down because they're filming shit, like events, like all of that stuff, that stuff, like you have a much wider bandwidth of patience when it's your field. When it's not your field, yeah. it's like, you're, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you are ruining this. Like, I'm, you're in the way. This is too busy, blah, blah, blah. I do have um, a few friends that live here because they love living here and don't live in the industry. And so they don't live in like LA, LA. They live in like South Bay. Yeah. So like without knowing what industry you work in, it's kind of hard. But like most of my friends that don't work in the entertainment industry don't like live in actual LA. And I think it because South Bay is more like it feels more suburban. Yeah. And like you can go either direction and it will feel like that. So like if you're in the entertainment like industry, then you're going to end up in LA or New York, like pretty much regardless if you're trying to broaden your career and not stay in like a local kind of thing. So if that's what you want to do, like go for it. But also if that's not where your career is, I would move out of, I wouldn't live in LA proper. And, you know, LA County and LA city are very different. There's also what locals and people who live here consider LA. I think if you're interested in getting into the industry and like even pivoting jobs, I would still say that like this shit's going to be so fucking expensive. And yes, gas is expensive, but rent is more expensive. So like, so expensive, like $3,000 is rent Mm -hmm. for a month Mm -hmm. like so that's not enough to have saved up like in general i think the rule of thumb is like your emergency fund should be six Six months months. Uh of your rent like that should it should cover minimum six months of your expenses but like at the very least like your rent and that's assuming if you can get food at work or whatever also in la they make you have like for rent first last and a deposit yeah so So that's that's, unless three thousand is not gonna be enough no so like you basically 
unless you have like a parents co-signing that, like it's also going to be pretty hard to get an apartment there. And like to find an apartment that you could afford in LA city proper that would might be within your budget is not going to be a location that like I think you should move when you first move to LA. Mm-hmm. Like it's just you're, there's going to be a reason why that it's that cheap and it's not going to be the best for you. So I would say like, I don't know, like go on Google Earth, like watch video, watch people on YouTube, like, you know, like tours of like, like vlog in a day in San Diego, vlog in a day in and I wouldn't say Orange County if you want, <laughs> maybe you want a slight sidestep to Florida. She's trying to. I know exactly. You want, limit, so. you want the total opposite. Mm-hmm. So like, but I would like look at that stuff because yes, traveling there and like, you know, seeing it all in person is great. But like you said, like you're young, you said you could be impulsive and like make a risk. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, like, I left. Yeah, you should do it, but you need to do it with the money that you have and sure the ideal way is spending a couple times in like weeks there and making sure that you like it but the reality is is like you're gonna see it sight unseen in person you're gonna sublet a place and you're gonna do it for three months and if you fucking hate it you'll come back Mm -hmm. like that's the way to do it you don't have to like prepare and set like roots to make sure that like oh i want to live here for the next 10 years like all you have to do is like live there for like a three-month sublet that is like all you have to do and after you do that then decide where you want to be and what's going to be the best location for you but out of the city is going to be better and i would i would agree i would do south bay like that's where i would move because you think you'll have a little bit more fun but i it's a hard city to live in and i love it like i love Mm -hmm. i love being in california and you moved in a far more similar culture shock Mm -hmm. difference but you just need to remember that like there are some really, really, really great things, but there are other things that it's just a little bit harder. Like it's like New York. New York is hard to live in. Like LA is hard to live in. Like it's a hassle to get groceries. It's a hassle. Like I could never live in New York. And like, I think like getting in my car and being in traffic, like that is fucking par for the course. Like I'm fine with it. I'm so okay with it. But some people makes them stir crazy. And so the pro con list, realizing that like, how do you like to live your life in a day-to-day space like do you like having a car like do you not like driving do you not like driving on the freeway like not just people's political affiliations because you're going to find people of of Mm -hmm. all political affiliations in LA but it's you know you also find people lying about where they fall on the spectrum yeah and I was gonna say just a little quick tidbit Rick Caruso is not a democrat Mm -hmm. so if you see people being like yeah no I'm liberal like yeah Rick Caruso like great that's not it's not it it's really not it I will also say that like the Ask Los Angeles and like LA subreddits are really great for like a lot of people who've like just moved to like, you know, find events and mm-hmm. like talk about like things to go to and all of that stuff. But it's hard. So I would, I would, yeah, I, I would treat it like a three month sabbatical, not yeah. from work, but like I would treat it like that. Not, you don't have to love it for the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, and for me, um, cause I moved from, if, in case you didn't know, I moved from Arkansas. And I told everybody in my life I was moving and they didn't actually believe me into like I I set like a day I'm leaving. I saved up money, got my car. People didn't believe I was leaving till I was actually leaving. And then my mom was like, oh, I'm coming now to help you move. And I was like, "Okay, whatever. You can pay for this. Um, (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, like I understand like people not actually thinking that you're going to go like you just have to set your own timeline and go. And then when I got here, it was like, 
I think a lot of people talk about like LA being so fake, but it's about finding your community of people that you enjoy. So when I got here, um, I had a friend that lived here and I stayed with her for a few months. Um, she introduced me to some of her friends. Also, I, I was in school, so I met people through school. And then I went to like alumni events from University of Arkansas that were here too. Um, so then I was meeting a lot of different types of people. And it's weird. You, there's probably people you know, like from honestly that that are here. There's so many people that I went to college with that are, are like they might have been a few years older, or younger than me, but we were in school at the same time. There's so many people here. Mm -hmm. And it seems so random. Like I've gone to events and just ran into people that I knew from college. So like find people that are from the same place that you are, because then it helps like having that familial, like even if they weren't like exactly your friend, then they might become your friend now because there's just an understanding. It's hard to find people to make friends with in LA. Like LA kind of feels like an abandoned city mm -hmm. with like people are everywhere. But then the second you see someone and you meet someone, like everybody's looking to like make friends mm -hmm. and make new friends. Like it can be very isolating because you're in your car all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. But there's not always some spontaneous moments to make friends with strangers yeah. like you have to kind of put a little bit of legwork in and then you meet one person and you now know 100 mm -hmm. like it's really like networky in that sense but it's it's just different like yeah. it's a very different place to live and it also really varies neighborhood to neighborhood yeah. of like what kind of person people that you're going to get and what kind of lifestyle that they have like I think a lot of people when they talk about like, oh, L.A., like A, it's like Fox News L.A. It's not real. But then also it's <laughs> when you say Fox News L.A., are you talking about like actual Fox <laughs> News LA? No, or... no, no. Like the Fox News version of like okay, Hollywood Elite in say, L.A. Fox News L.A. So they're kind of cool. No, yeah. Like they're yeah. it's not regular. It's they're not, not like other not Fox, Fox News. news. Like it's not. Like, it's our local news. Yeah, we're talking about Fox local news and they're called Fox yeah, News LA. No, yeah. I mean. You're talking about the the corporation yes. as in the, the as in the national syndicated. Yes. yes. People talking about like, oh, L.A. and these Hollywood elite, blah, blah. There's that version. And then there's a lot of people who like are burned by L.A. and hate L.A. And then the only L.A. that they see is like corporate work culture L.A. And like there's no fun there. Mm -hmm. And like the only people you see having fun are trust babies, like trust fund babies. Like I would even say that like after the, those three months, like you might it's not even like if you like LA, it's like, do you like that neighborhood? Like, mm -hmm. do you like that area? Like, there's a lot that it has to offer. And I think if you're drawn to LA, that's like a really good sign. Like a lot of people aren't like, I think what people hear of LA is way worse than what LA is. So I think if you're drawn to it, I think you'll be even more surprised how much you like it when you're here, because mm -hmm. it's better than how people describe it. But it is like really what you make of it. And if you want to be here, I think you'll put all of that effort in. But again, financially, I just like cannot explain to you like it's it's not just your rent, like your rent is so expensive, but like you have to pay for parking like at your if you get an apartment, you have to pay for parking the apartment. If you mm -hmm. don't have apartment parking, you have street parking, you have to pay for a street parking permit. Yeah. And you might as well have a budget line for parking tickets because they're inevitable. Inevitable, like <laughs> inevitable, like e even just groceries are expensive. You have to pay to park anywhere you have to pay yeah. to park at target at, at the grocery store like mm -hmm. and if you suddenly forget it like just if you're not even used to doing that like you're gonna pay like 25 dollars 50 dollars 100 dollars every time you lose a ticket but if you're in south bay you're good yeah no you're fine <laughs> like, parking lots yeah it's like 
you and like gas prices, yes, are expensive, but also like you're using more gas Mm because you're commuting. So it's a really high financial cost. Restaurants are so much more expensive. Oh, yeah. I remember the gym, the gym. I went I went back home to Arkansas for um for uh Christmas. Mm -hmm. Christmas. And I was there for a month and I was like, I need to work out at the gym. So I went to the gym and it was a brand new, like state of the art, multi-level gym with all these classes and like amazing equipment and stuff. And so I was like, hey, do you have like a like a um, visitor thing? And Mm -hmm. they're like, yeah, we can give you one for like two days or something, but you'll have to buy like a membership if you want to come longer than that. And I was like, "Okay." And they said, "Um, it's a little pricey. And I said, "Okay, like how much is it? And they're like, it's $25. And I was like, <laughs> you can't even get a class in LA. You can't get, first of all, you can't get a class in LA. You can't even drive to said class, nor can you park, park there. The class. Yeah. Or rent the equipment you need right. to use and, for the class. And the classes were included. Yeah. Like, it's not heard of here. Even in like restaurants, like I'll forget, like if I go to a restaurant here, I just assume that I'm going to pay a minimum of, a minimum at like, and it's not even like a great restaurant, $35 and then yep. add on tip and whatever. And I go back and it's like $10 for a great meal. And I'm, I forget. See, that's why, honestly, I'm the perfect person to have moved to L.A. because I moved from a place that's like even more expensive than L.A. to L.A. And then the only other place I like really spent a lot of time in is New York. So like if I like went to Ohio or some like other like smaller, I'd be like, for free? That's that's how what? Like, I've been here so long. Like when I go back, yeah. I forget. It's a lot. So for sticker shock, I do hope you live in Miami right now. Yeah. I don't think you do. Mm-mm. I think you'd be a little bit more. I think, yeah, okay. maybe. Uh, there's a lot of conservatives in Miami. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. So, but it's, it's just a lot. And it's not a place where you can cut it on a budget. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, like you need a lot of money to live without a lot of money like it's like the the lifestyle that you would have there isn't a way to do it frugally Mm -hmm. and safely like it's just there it's just really there's not and that's the most important part like there's the people that i know that are doing it more frugally they're living in like a three-bedroom apartment with like six people there that are friends yeah like like you, you can do it it's just not you're not going to be able to do it when you start yeah. too, though. Like it's yeah. going to be like you need to have enough savings saved up to then be able to get a situation where you can save a little bit of money out here. But like in order to like get out here and start, like mm-hmm. you're going to need a lot more than that. Like I would just look at average rent and then I would tack on if it's an apartment complex, I would tack on 100 to 250 bucks for parking. Mm-hmm. And if it's street parking, I'd tack on 100 bucks for parking. For a year, that, but... I was going to say, it's street parking. I'd do 100 bucks a month. How much are the, those things, though? No, I'm saying, like, tickets. Oh, meters. Oh, tickets. oh, okay. We don't even have tickets yet. I know. Oh. But I was going to say, for the parking, for uh, the parking, for the, like, LA no. City parking passes and stuff. I had one of those. So, so I don't know how much they cost. That's, like, 100 bucks a year, but, like, for an apartment, 100 bucks to 250 bucks a month for a parking spot. So, like, mm-hmm. factor in that stuff, factor in... 100 bucks a month for parking tickets, like factor in all of those other things, not just rent and do that for six months and then see if you can and then do it for three and mm-hmm. then see how that goes. But like, you don't want to be stuck out here without any money. Yeah. It's really expensive. All right. Next call. Hey, Megan Melissa. Uh, I'm a new caller, but I've been binging all your stuff. And me and my girlfriend, we 
I'm 20, she, her, she's 20, she, her. We both kind of come from a different home life, in a sense. She grew up with her mom being a hoarder, and I grew up in a very clean, everything has a place type of household. And I just don't know how to communicate with her on how I like things without necessarily hurting the feelings or bringing up past trauma. I tried saying something about it in the past, but it just seems like it doesn't resonate with her or I guess necessarily get across because I really don't want to live where everything's just kind of everywhere. So if y'all could give me any advice on that or any tips or pointers, that'd be great. Um, I really enjoyed the podcast. Thank y'all so much. All right. Bye. We haven't had a cleaning one in a while. Yeah. A really long time, actually. I know. So people might not know <laughs> our controversial opinions on cleaning. <laughs> I think like the first thing I would say is there's a difference between someone who there's a lot of different reasons why someone is like messy. Like there's no moral superiority for being like a like being clean. Like there's no moral weight to any of that. It's not better or worse than anything else. And but that's like not socially acceptable to say that like people like view cleanly what's the clean clean godline cleaning cleanliness is next to godliness i don't even know if that's exactly what it means but like that's how i've always the words i've heard of it as yeah like it's just viewed as like what is like superior and you were like i need to explain like how do i communicate how i like things how does she like things because if she's someone who like is it like scatterbrained does she like need to see everything out in order to like does she need to like is it helpful for her to have piles does she like that does she like a maximalist look but also specifically like does she like to be able to see her things to know that they're there or is it I just haven't I I don't see the mess I don't see it and I don't like it and like it makes me anxious and I want to change I want to change I don't want to be like that because I think truly like your level of cleanliness and organization like how you like a house I think is I think it's the same level of like, do you want kids? What's your religious beliefs? Mm-hmm. Like, it's really fundamental to who do you want the house? Oh, we on? talked about that. I don't know how the fuck people do it. Who can have who are like two different temperature kinds of people. Like we're the same temperature person mm-hmm. and it's great. And Mots is like, whatever the fuck you want. I'm like, amazing. That's how your response to everything should be. Exactly. But I think that like at a certain point, like, are you not compatible when it comes to like your living spaces? Like, is it like is she going to sacrifice her happiness for yours or are you going to have to sacrifice your happiness for hers? Or is there a compromise? Or is this something that she wants to do? Like, I didn't grow up in a clean house. Like, I didn't grow up with, I didn't grow up in a hoarder's house, but I would say if there's like a couple steps b- between that, like I didn't grow up in a, a clean, organized house where everything has a place. So I have adopted a lot of those cleaning mentalities of like you clean before people come like you clean before people see and if like your house is messy you can never have spontaneous hanging out with people like no one can come inside your house unless you've been prepared which is Mm -hmm. awful it's not fun I don't like that about myself but like there's a way for me if someone was like you know if something was dirty or something like if you ever came over and like I mean you've seen my house messy but I'm saying if you ever came over and you were like oh my gosh I got this thing that's like so helpful like this right here like it would fix right there that to me is not judgment. That to me is like a, I see that this is a problem. Mm-hmm. I've had that problem. I've been you. Look what I found. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's building someone up versus like, I need you to do this. This is disgusting. Like blah, 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 blah. Like 
there can't be an authoritative tone or like way you speak about cleaning because again, like it is really attached to like, especially if she grew up in a hoarder home, like the trauma aspect of there, like she might have not had great hygiene. She might not have had been able to have her hair brushed. Like she might have been told that she smelled or she was dirty. She might not have had people over at her house. Like there's so much more trauma there than just like people had a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So like the connotation with someone who's not clean is the alternative is like you're disgusting and you're dirty. And so you need to really separate those things also in your mind that like if you need something to be clean to a certain level, you either need to be in it together and not from an authoritative point of view or maybe this if this is how she needs it versus how you need it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like fine with my own mess, but I hate other people's messes in my space. Yeah. Oh, Uh, yeah. And also, I don't like anyone to ever see my house dirty unless I'm very close to them. Yep. Even like with you, you never like saw a mess to like a month ago, maybe. No, I know we would still I think it was I don't know up until when we would still like we like would clean for and then it would be like, oh, we have to reschedule or something. Then it was like, you know, slowly getting like a little bit less and less. But like, yeah, no, we didn't. (laughs) There's still like things I'm going to pick up. Yeah. Like I clean before you come over, but it's not to the extent that I was cleaning Mm -hmm. before. Like I was before I was like like mopping and no I'll clean for you the least but I'm still cleaning for you cleaning like I'm not gonna leave like a dirty pan in there no I won't see it though I can't see shit I know you can't see anything but I can see it. yeah and that's all that matters yeah but like people have a different level of messiness Mm -hmm. and you have to figure out when you're in a relationship or in a roommate situation or anything where you have more than like one person living together you have to like figure out what's everyone's equilibrium like where where can we live to where like it's just messy enough that you can deal with it and she's cleaning up enough that you can deal with it and so it could be like I don't know like what she does is she like leave piles of clothes somewhere maybe put a hamper or baskets basket like where she usually leaves her clothes and then instead of putting it on the floor, she's putting it directly into the basket. Is it leaving dirty dishes? Maybe say like, you know, after maybe it's like one person cooks, one person cleans or saying like at the end of the night, we're all we're going to clean together. Yeah. Like we because so, I know people that like don't go to bed with their house dirty. Yeah. If that's your expectation, like you have to set that mm-hmm. with each other because like. I think like the biggest thing, baskets, like anywhere, if it's like, oh, like keys, ghosts, whatever, like baskets everywhere, baskets, like even it's she does she keep glasses of water in the bedroom? Get a basket, get a tub Mm -hmm. that they get put in at the end of the day or the end of the week. She bring like brings them back to the kitchen. But cleaning is miserable for some people and the result is not worth the misery Mm -hmm. for other people. Like when like when they've it's oh, it's good work. And then when I'm done, like it feels so good. And that was so worth it. That's like legitimately not how everybody's brains work. And I know that's hard for some people to like realize. So the actual effort isn't worth the reward at the end. And so you need to figure out like, like Melissa said, like, what is the in between? Because for you, if you want to clean, have the house spotless every night before you go to bed, and that's absolutely fucking miserable for her, it needs to be like, okay, then this needs to be like, things just need to not be out at the end of the day, they're all in their like baskets. They're all in those things. And then when we're emptying those baskets, that's a once a week thing. Mm-hmm. And 
something that was hel- is helpful for me too. Like I haven't printed it yet, but I like spent a bunch of time making like a chore chart of like, okay, how do I keep on top of things? Like, I'm not good at that. Like I can pick up things when I see them, but if one thing's on the floor, it's fine for me. But then suddenly it's like nine things are on the, nine things are on the floor. And now I'm anxious and I'm stressed. And it's like going to be a way harder for me. It's gonna take me way longer to clean than it would have if I did it like five days ago. So I like made this chart of like, okay, so every day I'm going to do this every week, I'm going to do this, like every two weeks, I'm going to do this every month, this three times a year, like all of those things. And when you write those things down, it's helpful. And it feels like manageable tasks. But like, you need to redefine what the clean is for you and the expectation because it's going to be hard for it's going to look like it's going to feel like mess for you. And it's going to feel like fucking sterile for her. And and I like we're talking about like different like ways of like cleaning or of cleanliness quote unquote like i have to vacuum my couches or any soft surface and spray sanitizer on it and wipe down anything that's like been touched but i'm fine with stuff on the floor yeah so it's just like there's just there's levels to this yeah and again like i can't stress enough that like you're not and I don't mean that you are this at all but like there isn't like an authority on cleaning Mm -hmm. and especially when she has like trauma surrounding like I've got issues just from like growing up in a house that like wasn't that clean and like I don't like not knowing how to like do shit and that's not the level of everybody knows but when you're in a home with a hoarder like that's that's the thing that like more people know about Mm -hmm. and so there's a way to kind of put yourself at her same level of like, we're learning how to do this together. And honestly, even if you're lying about it, even if you're like, oh, I like, oh yeah, I learned, I just learned how to do this. Like, how cool is this? Like, it needs to come from a place of like love and care, not a place of like reprimanding or like fixing or changing or like teaching in a way that feels like a parent or a teacher that you're being scolded. Like, it's like a, we're in this together, figuring it out together. I think that's always the best approach to take when things have like an emotional tie to them and there's an emotional tie to cleaning for everyone even if you didn't have trauma oh, surrounding it yeah so best of luck you're both gonna have to compromise and it's gonna suck for both of you mm-hmm. and that's just what that's legitimately what compromise kind of is like compromise just means it, it sucks a little for giving, everyone giving a little bit of what they like you have to just give a little bit of that away yeah and it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. but that eventually becomes comfortable because it's normal yeah So best of luck. Okay, we take a break and we will be right back. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify, in-store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. We're back. Hi. Are you excited to answer some more questions? I don't know. There's shitty ones and no. I'm kidding. Wow. I'm very excited. Hey, ladies, I desperately need your help. And this is a juicy one. I see her. I'm 24 years old, and I live in California. I met a man very recently on him, who I'm falling for really fast. He's the sweetest, kindest, most caring person I've ever met. He checks all my boxes. He's also very much my type in pretty much every way. But the thing is, he's a 26-year-old virgin. Is that a red flag or the biggest green flag ever? The reason this scares me is I lost my virginity at 16 and I've had an active sex life since. I'm comfortable going at his pace physically for the most part, but I am a very touchy person. He's never had a serious or long-term relationship. The last quote-unquote relationship he had was in high school. Should I be worried afraid of commitment? Should I worry there's something wrong with him? Should I worry about his dick size? No one has ever treated me this well. He's very adamant about waiting on having sex and is awkward and uncomfortable around the subject. He was raised very religious, without good relationship role models, so I can understand where this is coming from. I want to go to his space, but I tend to move fast emotionally. I've been hurt so many times in horrible, traumatic ways by guys in the past. 
including my boyfriend of four years cheating on me and getting another girl pregnant, and trigger warning, being raped in January by my ex. I'm scared this will end up being another life-altering heartbreak. I just need help. Please advise. Also, side note, we're going on a date tomorrow. So I guess we'll see what happens. Thanks, ladies. Bye-bye. Again, I feel like you might have called in before you heard this on the other podcast. Like, we need to stop giving men the compliment of he treats me better than anyone I've ever dated before. Because from the two instances you said of people you've dated, him not doing that bare minimum. Right. Absolute bare minimum. Okay. Also, being a virgin is not a red flag or a green flag. It's not a flag. It's not a flag. It's not a flag. It's just it's, they have not had sex. Yeah. It's, or whatever their definition of being a virgin is. I Someone tweeted and said, either uh, boys liked you in high school or um, you got Taylor Swift pre-sale tickets. And so I quote tweeted and I said, I will give my virginity back. Like, I will. I'm a born again virgin now. That's what it takes. Okay. No, but yeah, it's it's literally not even a flag. No. It's nothing there. Like, it's just... Don't I Don't read into it at all. No, but you being like, he's never had a serious relationship. His only, like, it was a pseudo relationship in high school. Like, if that was the last thing, like, that isn't necessarily a red flag, but it's also not a green flag. That, to me, is a yellow flag. That is like a, okay, am I looking for someone who has a lot of experience in relationships, in communication in relationships? Am I looking for someone who knows how to be a boyfriend and I'm not willing to like teach someone how to be in a relationship? Mm -hmm. Like you can decide if that's a red or green flag for you. For you. That's specifically for you. Yeah, because... You have to analyze it from your viewpoint because it's not fair to him. Because at a certain point, then it's like, then... What the fuck are people who have never had sex and never dated supposed to do? Right. Like, just never, like, never. well, too late now. Can't, no one should date you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that to me is like, from what you've described, very small snippet that we've gotten of like your relationships and like your life. Like, you don't want to get fucked over. You don't want to get your heart broken again. There's nothing you can do to like prevent that. No matter if someone's been in a relationship before or hasn't, no matter if someone's had sex before or hasn't, like, those are so unrelated. and we always run the risk of getting our heart broken when we date. And if that's something that you're not willing to risk, then I think it might be like, take a little bit longer before you start seeing someone. But because we can't guarantee that, it feels like I wonder if you're trying, if you're looking for something Mm -hmm. that's wrong with him because you really like him. And I think you should just let yourself like him. And the thing you said about his dick size. I just looked down and realized that. I mean, you might not have listened to, uh, but am I wrong from two weeks ago? But we talked about this and we feel that if you like somebody enough, you'll make it work. And if you want to hear more of our thoughts about that, listen to Fisting Friday from last week. And you mentioned that, like, you know, you're comfortable going at his pace, but you're a really touchy person. I need us to eliminate the notion of people who being touchy as a thing that can be with anyone else who maybe is not interested in touchy people. Mm -hmm. I am not a touchy person. I do not like it. And I don't think that if someone else is not into that, that it's like, well, I'm just a very touchy person. So like for you, I think I would practice being like, I like physical touch. That's how I like to give and receive love. But that's what I like. That's not how I operate. Like Mm -hmm. that's because that I think will, (laughs) I think that would be a red flag to him. 
if that is not what he's into, like you being like that would be a red flag. So I think that like there's a lot of expectations and things we think that specifically the patriarchy has told us that men are supposed to be like men are supposed to like, oh, they're like, you know, they're having sex. They've had sex with more people than women have had sex with and all of that. So like in these situations, it can fuck you up. It can give you a little bit of pause, even if you think that you have no internalized misogyny or Mm -hmm. anything like that. Like it's there are hangups of what we consider like macho, attractive alpha men versus what women are supposed to be like. And the men you've previously dated or whatever, this seems like it's brand new for you. So it's making you reevaluate also who you are and like what this is like, what is if he's a man like this, then what does it mean that I am? And like, you don't have to have these like roles and assumptions of people. If you like him, you like him Mm -hmm. and like keep getting to know him, keep going on these dates. If you have sex and it's like fucking awful, then like no, no harm there. Like that's really what dating is. first time so it most likely will, will yeah, be but, awful but like you can work with it yeah and like if that's what you want do you still like him after like as long as like I think if you have the same expectations going in and you're communicative and it's not like oh this is a test you either pass or fail but like you know find out like for him and his pacing of like sex it's like so do you foresee yourself having sex for the first time with someone you're in a relationship with does it for you need to be someone that you love or what would happen if you had sex for the first time? And like, it doesn't be like in your, like talking about you and him, but like, I don't think from what you've said, it seems like he wants to get it over with. Mm -hmm. And so then for you, I think you need to be, make sure before you have sex with him that like, you're not waiting as for that to be the final test if you like him, because it's not going to be, it's not going to be like the sex you've had before. Like it's Mm -hmm. going to be really different. It's probably going to be like the first time you had sex when you were 16, but you're more experienced. Right. So it's going to be weird. There's like, there has to be a level of you like him so much that like you're excited to be that person that he's doing it with for the first time. And you're excited to be the second person he's doing with. And right. the th- like the, you're excited for the second time you do it in the third time. And it's not just leading up to that one moment because regardless of your gender, sleeping with someone for the first time and then having them like be done or not call you again or like is a devastating thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Even if you've had sex before. Right. But if you haven't, like there's some care that needs to go into that because yeah. there's been care that's been put in on the other end. Yeah. And if he wants to have sex with you, then you need to be willing to put that care in. For yeah. Him. And communicate. And if, and if you're not, then, you know, move on. And that also doesn't make you like a bad person. A bad person. Some people don't like to be teachers or yeah. even, like. And I mean, it's, I hate to say this, but it's kind of an experiment the first time that you're having yeah. sex too. And so like, I don't feel like that. It can be pressure for, if you think of it in a way of like taking somebody's virginity with that, which I hate. And I yeah. talked about this before, it puts too much pressure on it instead of just like two people having sex. Yeah. Like, you're not like taking his B card or anything. You're not taking anything from your, him. You're sharing something with him. Yeah, like if you like when you get married, you're sharing a marriage in a wedding day or whatever. But like when you if you if you separate and move on, you're like, oh, I've been married before. Yeah. Like that's something that you went through and you experienced. But the same way that going to a concert with your friends, like all of this, like the choices that you make in these instances, like in sex as well, like you're going to have shared the first time you have sex. That's going to be the person you had sex with for the first time. And then when that person doesn't mean anything to you anymore. 
you had sex for the first time. Like you're half of that. And then when they're gone, you're a hundred percent of it. Mm -hmm. And so just trying to put yourself back in the mindset of how how you felt the first time that you're going through all that and knowing that like, yeah, they're different age wise, but those societal expectations and standards of sex, no matter how old you are, like those are still there. Right. So I would just be cognizant of that. I don't want to say this in a way that like I'm assuming that you are, but like you did bring up the green flag thing. I would be really cautious to not fetishize it because that happens specifically a lot with like women who've never had sex before, but it does happen with like men too, where it's like, oh my gosh, you've never been tainted. Like mm-hmm. you've never had your heart broken. Like this is like, oh my gosh, this is like, uh, and that's a lot of fucking pressure on someone who's just like never had sex before. Like they're so unrelated. And so thinking that like a virgin has the ability to break your heart just as much right. as someone who's had sex with a hundred people. So right. like, He's not on a pedestal, but you're also not above him. Like, it's just, it is what it is. And if you're down to, like, experiment and try this stuff out, and you're both on the same page of what that means and what that means in the future and, like, where you stand, then go for it. But right. if not, I would I would dip out a lot earlier than right. waiting for that moment to then realize, oh, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So, best of luck. All right. Next call. Yeah. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm a longtime listener and love both of your podcasts. I'm calling because I need advice on the situation I'm having with my friend slash roommate. Me, 22, she, her, and my roommate also, 22, she, her, I'll call her Cassie, are in grad school and have been living together just the two of us since June. Two years ago, Cassie was seeing a guy a couple years older than us that also went to college with us. They weren't exclusive and knew their situationship would end once he graduated and moved back home. Cassie was in love with him, though. They ended up breaking up, and Cassie shared with me a text conversation that they had when this guy was drunk one night, where he was saying really rude things to her, which made her rightfully upset. A couple months later, they started hooking up again and decided to be friends with benefits. Cassie was still very much in love with him and would often visit him at his house that is four hours away from us. Fast forward to this past summer, Cassie visited him in May and said she was in love and had a great time. However, when it was his turn to visit a month later, he bailed and said he didn't think he could ever love her. I told her she should move on, and at the moment she seemed like she had enough of him, and I thought it would be over. A couple weeks later, though, she told me that when she reached out to him, they started talking and flirting again, and he told her that he wants to try again and be a better person. Since then, she seemed happy and would constantly talk about how great he is. Recently, he got drunk and texted her rude things again like he did two years ago. He told me that she's going to end it if it happens again. I know this is a lot, but here's the last thing. Last week, she got upset over something that has to do with school, and when she talked to him about it, he suggested that she should go to therapy, which made her more upset, and I thought that it was very bad time to bring up therapy to her um, when she knows that he also needs it. (laughs) The next day... She wanted to have a talk with him about how what he said wasn't nice, but he ignored her the whole day. She kept sending me screenshots of her text conversation with him as he told her that he needs to focus on himself and that he didn't know where they stand, along with other rude things, even though they are official at this point. After she sent me the screenshots, um, she texted me that they had an hour-long phone call and that they were all good and it was just miscommunication. This weekend, she's going to visit him, and she keeps saying how excited she is, and in general, she won't stop bringing him up in any conversation we have. I don't know if I should tell her something or let her stay in this relationship that I think is toxic for her. I would love to hear what you guys think I should do, if I should do anything at all. 
Thank you so much. Well, you have no control if she stays or not. No. You don't get to decide no. if she stays. You can share your opinion if you want to. I'm going to be super fucking honest. I, I think it's probably in a miscommunication that you explained it to us. But like, I think that like some people don't have like malicious intent when they suggest therapy. But sometimes it's like, I can't handle this right now. Yeah. So. And I'm and I don't want like or like personally being like this is this is way above like my level of like comfort and expertise and like I feel like way out of my element and like helping you with this and this is like a really serious thing but then also like you know some people like have like I've said this before like Moss has brought up is like oh you know maybe like going getting meds or going to change something or doing whatever and like I've said before I'm like you, you once you say that to someone one time similar to a breakup conversation you say it once like mm-hmm. if someone's struggling they know that those resources are there and available and they're just not ready to take them yet. Right. So like, was this the first time or was this like a, I don't want to deal with your shit. Like go to therapy then if it's so fucking hard. Yeah. So like, I can completely understand how there would be a miscommunication there in this instance, but I also don't know that you conveyed it. I can also see it, him lot. It was clearly not a miscommunication in the way that you told us it was just, there wasn't enough detail for us to be like, oh, wow, like, that was a fucked up thing to say. Right. Because people can suggest therapy who need therapy all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's that's how it goes. Right. Texting her rude things when he's drunk is not nice. Like, that's shitty. He shouldn't do that. And, like, I wouldn't want to date someone who does that. Have I dated someone who's done that? Yeah. And Have I've been that person sometimes? Also, yes. Oh, my God, yeah. It's the reason why I don't drink anymore. But, like, these these traits like they're not great like some of the things he's doing like really aren't great like the all of this shit but like the real the real issue here is that your roommate is sharing all of this with you and then expecting you to like wipe the slate clean every time and that's what a therapist would do not Mm -hmm. a roommate and a friend right like you're just the wrong audience and I think you just need to tell her that of being like I really care about you. Like, I like love being your roommate. I just like want to say that like, I have a really hard time. Like when you share these things that happen in like your relationship that are so bad and you get back together, like, I don't know where I'm supposed to stand. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be advocating for yesterday you or if I'm supposed to be on team today you. Like, it's really hard for me. And it's also hard for me because I don't spend time with him that like, he doesn't make it up in my mind. This character and this guy that you've portrayed to me that I've seen, I don't get to hear the good stuff. I only see the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And at this point, like, I want to be able to support you and what you want. And like, if you want to break up, I'm here to like help you figure out what you want to do. If you want to stay together, cool. But like, it's really hard for me when you include me on all of this stuff. And then I worry about you and I don't want to worry about you. And that doesn't mean that I don't want you to feel like if something really bad happens, you can't come to me. But like, I need you to know that the person that you've described to me and how he's treated you, like, I really hate seeing when you're really upset about these things. And I obviously want to see you be happy and enjoy all of that stuff. And like when things are going good, but it is, it's really hard being an outsider. Mm-hmm. And I know it must be hard when you're like living those moments, but you have the the forgiveness and the of those, like, I don't have that. And I think like, I think for me and like my sanity, cause I don't want to come across as like, really negative to you when you guys have moved past these things like I think like if you can kind of keep me out of the loop of that stuff for a bit like that would be really great yeah he might fucking suck and like they might be so fucking bad for each other 
you have no say in what happens. Like you tell her that he sucks. That doesn't mean they're going to break up. And also doesn't mean they're not going to get back together if they do break up. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be really cautious with that. And what you say, your word isn't law. And you can suggest things and say things, but like people can pick up on implications. They know like you just say one time and just be like, I don't want to really be involved in those conversations. And but like you can always come to me like and like, I don't know how long this is like going to last for for me. But like, I just, you know, I need to protect my my mental peace like because I worry. And that's what happens. And it's so fucking common. Like we only a lot of times people only share the bad things about their relationships. And then it's like that's what I was going to say. Yeah, people. She's coming to you to complain like she's not coming to you to it's like at when like a restaurant on Yelp, like people are going to most likely write in with bad reviews but they're not going to say a lot of people aren't going to come in with the good stuff it's more bad than good because she's coming to complain she's not coming to be like oh look what he did for me blah blah, blah. like and be like who wants to hear that not me she's venting the bad things to you so yeah he he might suck she might also suck yeah and you know, this is what they want for right now. As long as, like, she's not, like, mentally and physically in, like, he's not harming her mentally or physically and she's into him, then mm-hmm. that's just her choice to make. Pe- there are people, a lot of people that are in bad relationships, but some people just like to be miserable together. Yeah, and it's just about your boundaries. Like, you just have to set those boundaries. Like, I've had friends who, like, I love their partners, but, like, if they're, like, constant complaining it's like dude I love you but like you know how much like I love them too or like can we talk about something else like can we like there's just a way to do it because some people the people we all get really caught up in our own lives and sometimes we can read a situation wrong and think like this is definitely like oh this is it this is like the end it's definitely gonna happen even if she's saying that but like if you are finding yourself getting so invested that you feel like you need to tell her, and again, it's not abusive. Like if you've, if she's not in physical danger and you feel like you need to tell her, like you have to break up with him. And this is weighing on you that like, if they then didn't break up, it would affect you. Like you're into, she, you, she's brought you in too much. Like mm-hmm. you need to take a step back because some, like Melissa said, some people are just like shitty in relationships. And some people also like have great relationships and love to complain and like mm-hmm. love to just only talk about the bad things. and that doesn't mean that everything is bad, but also it could mean that everything is bad, but like you actually have zero control over anything at all. And when you have so much information and so little control, that's maddening. Like, I'm just like, at this point, I can't do shit. So don't tell me. Right. Like, don't tell me. Like you're, she's putting a lot on your plate and then being like, don't touch it. Don't do anything with it. And you can't. And that's a fucking sucky position to be in. And I think it's on her. Like, I don't think she should be sharing all of this stuff with you. I think she's oversharing even to the extent that what how we vent in relationships and I would also evaluate for you what does she do for you as like a friend because like right now it kind of just sounds like you're a sounding board yeah for this like are you worried about her or like does she care about you like do you care about her in if you took out this relationship stuff like would you be close mm-hmm. so I would just take a step back yeah all right Time for Don't Blame Them. Whoa. So Don't Blame Them is where one of you, our listeners, call in and share your own advice pertaining to a call we had on a previous episode. So if it's about like a professional job, maybe you're in that field 
or maybe you just have personal experience or you have some insight that we didn't have and you love the sound of your own voice. Here we go. Woo! Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm calling for a don't blame, blame them for the episode titled Dodging Your One Night Stand for the caller wanting to confront her boyfriend's sister. First off, I am in my car, but I'm parked in parking lot. Thank you. So I'm mm-hmm. not driving. Um, so I've been dating my boyfriend for two years. I am 28 and he is 27 and he has three older sisters. I'm an only child. So coming into a family that has siblings, I was very thrown off by certain sibling dynamics. And I felt at times that I wanted to step in to defend my boyfriend from his sisters if I felt like they were being rude or trying to be mean to him. But being around the family longer, it became more obvious that even if in the moment my boyfriend was upset by something that was said to him, at the end of the day, they are still his sisters. And even if I don't agree with how parts of their relationship functions, it's not my place to dictate how he addresses that. So for the caller, I think it's important to remember that when it comes to close family relationships, it's up to each person to set their own boundaries. So you can set your own boundaries for your relationships with his sisters. You said you get along well, and I'm in the same boat. I get along well with my boyfriend's sisters, but I'm going to set my boundaries with how they treat me, but I can't set his boundaries for how they treat him. He's an adult, and just like your boyfriend's an adult, they need to set their own boundaries for their own family relationship. So thanks so much. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. And they listen to them every week. Thanks. Bye. Great call. Solid advice. Plus, you know, who really wants to get rid of that? The best part of like family dynamics, which is when the person leaves the room mm-hmm. or you go off with the other person and you just get to like get in the car, the door shut and you go, what a fucking bit. And you yes. go, it's so good. Family Nothing family hits like so it. Side conversations. Oh, you've got like, there's the a five and then the three and then the mm-hmm. like, or even like, Mom, he's calling me. What's she calling me about? Uh, it's do you know? It's good. You, who's who's on the good side this week? Yeah, like some of that stuff. And as an only child, I just have to say that, like, embrace that side. Like, embrace that side of it. Like, first of all, it happens in friendships. Like, you're used to that dynamic. You've had the extended family, that whole dynamic. But like, there's something like really cathartic about you know knowing what your partner wants in the moment, and then getting in the car, and then being able to like unleash. And you're like, oh yeah, I fucking hate him. Yeah. And like doing all of that because like you get to be you get to be the hype person when it counts and like you're doing it you're like giving your partner everything they need while being able to like still vocalize your feelings Mm -hmm. but I don't think if unless you have that part of it you can't let it bottle up and I didn't think about that the first time we gave the advice that it's like you need to make sure you're having that second you need to be having those releases when it's one-on-one but as an only child maybe you didn't have like really chaotic uh extended family that you know that it's like we're talking a big game but like nothing's gonna happen yeah but like we do that to give that like cathartic release Mm -hmm. so you're not building up to everything like that's the beat drop like you can't like walk into thanksgiving like the beat's about to fucking drop it's like no it's not pass the cranberries like settle down so it's good advice good advice that is it that's it are you looking for a review we have one oh my gosh well i hope this inspires you listeners to give us a review aren't you like wow Look at them. They read the reviews. They appreciate them. We see them. We do. We love them. Leave a review. Well, here's a review from August Listens. 
You'll learn more than you expect. <laughs> Backhanded. <laughs> but these bitches were dumb. <laughs> a little less dumb than I thought. Or I thought I was just coming to be entertained, but I'm also learning. Okay. Only one of them went to college. Both of them went to college. Only one of them, one of them graduated college. college. It was me. I've been a listener for years, constantly finding myself learning so much from them. They give great advice and inform listeners on current events, educating the, un- the uninformed listeners, me, in the process. <laughs> I truly feel like they care about the calls, emails they receive, as they give genuine advice that the person needs. Also, they're hot. Great review. Thank you, August Listens. 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. They also put the little emoji that has like the smiles with three hearts around it. Wow. Thank you. We so appreciate it. We are hot. And we do care. We're hot and we're caring. We're hot, cunty. Caring, kind, and cunt. Yeah. It all goes together. I was going to say, I was like, okay, at least that's four Ks. Because <laughs> I was going to say, cunt, you switch Kardashian K, but... Uh-uh. Wait, kind? Kind is a K. No, I know. What were the other caring? ones you said? K- that's so that's just... hot. Oh, I don't know. So, I mean, two Cs, a K, and an H. My bad. I'm good. I it's can't still, do- there was a lot of alliteration in there. It was at the end. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I just ignored the beginning. And I was like, look what's in front of us right now. So thank you. We appreciate it so much. And if you want to call for an upcoming episode, please do. 310-694-0976. Audio listeners. Nope. International listeners. You're all listening audio. Um, send uh, your voice memo to meganpodcast at gmail.com. Tomorrow we have our See You Next Tuesday episode. It's a great one. Yeah, it's really fun. You're not hearing half of it, but it's really fun. (laughs) It's really fun. And then we have But Am I Wrong this week, which hands down is the best episode we've ever done of any podcast ever. It's our special holiday episode. Yeah, you said last week that you were like, I need us to come up. I need I I want holiday episodes back. And I was like, okay. And Melissa... I delivered. I, she I fucking delivered. To like, it just kind of happened. No, it and you said it in passing. Like, I had no idea no. you were preparing, but like, you delivered. You served. I you did. cooked. You served, and then you delivered. I ate that. <laughs> you. I left no crumbs. She digested it. She <laughs> shit it out. She put it in a blender, mixed it up. I love that one. I can't stress how good it is. We're on fire. We are. We're so funny, and humble, and hot. So humble and hot. Check out the Patreon, too, and we will see you next time. Don't Blame Me is a production by me. Executive produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Edited by Coco Lawrence. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Music by Ryan Hunter and Giacomo Picasso.